You're listening to PodcastJuice.net. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to PodcastJuice.net. This is the Prince Podcast. And today, joining me is Big Ken. How are you, sir? Chilling, man. Busy, busy Saturday morning. Wasn't sure I was going to make it, but I had to run a couple stoplights, <laughs> and I made it. We appreciate you being here, sir. This show would not be the same without you. Next up is Mr. Big Sexy and Sack. How are you, sir? What it is, gentlemen. It is cold and wet here in Northern California this morning. It's kind of cool. I like it. All right, all right. And also joining us is Mr. Day Dropping. How are you, sir? I am doing well, Mike. Gentlemen, let's uh, get going with this musicology. All right. And also joining us is Mr. Sean Hill. How are you, sir? Don't you hear that old school joint? Don't you ever Uh-oh. touch my stereo. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing fine, ready to get into this musicology, man. All right. I love it. I love it. And last but not least, one of the young guns. Uh, he was coming from my neck this morning before the show, but we love it either way. Mr. Amp Pooh, how are you, sir? Look, dude, if you come for me, I got to <laughs> shoot back. That's just how it goes. You want to be Tyrese, I'll be Spanky. I thought he was going to say you. Uh, oh, Spanky. Some of I'm us got that. Ask. Some of us got that. Some of us didn't, but I got that. And <laughs> I got that. Middle fingers for you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Like, I'm right. quick. I'm quick with it. Homie. Low below. That's all I'm saying is I'm quick with it. Yeah, I see. Below the belt, too. Oof. Going for the neck. All right. So today, ladies and gentlemen, we are here talking about, as we do, Prince. And what we're going to do today is we're going to do a track for track review on musicology. We're going to look back at this album. And the whole point of this is to see how do those songs hold up. Um is this something now you can pull out of the vault of your own personal collection? Is you know, let me bump that musicology. This is the jam. So this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna look back, and the whole thing I wanted to do also was go back and look at some of these early two thousand albums and see how they play now, almost uh, thirteen some odd years later or, or whatever. So musicology, let's get into it. I'm not gonna talk a lot. Let's set the stage. This album was released April twentieth, back in two thousand four. Um, this album was unique in the release is that Prince gave this album. Well, I don't say he gave it, but when you purchased a ticket to the musicology tour, this album was included, which I have to try and think back. Maybe you guys can remember was the tour. I assume the tour was announced before the album dropped. Yes. Yeah. That seems kind of, it's interesting. Um, and with this happening, I believe Billboard, you know, they went back and changed the way the charts work and sort of put a stipulation saying that I believe that you have to give the consumer a choice to say if they want the CD included with the price or not. Um, because, of course, this move was a great way to make the album jump up the charts and debut pretty high. Um, so with that, we're going to do as we normally do, go around the room um, before we get into the track. Real quick, just want to ask kind of what some thoughts were on this whole release method. So I'm going to go to uh, Day Dropping first. What are, you, what are your thoughts on the whole ticket CD combination deal? A two for one, if you mean. Day Dropping. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, that, that, was a gen- that was a genius move. I mean, that's, that's, how, you, that's how you do it. I mean, he, he found the loophole and 
totally took advantage of it. I thought it was it was very smart the way it worked out. I mean, I had the album before I, I saw him on tour, uh, and when I when I got on tour, I was like, all right, that's cool. In case something scratches on it, I got an extra one. But but I thought it was great. I thought it was a smart move. All right, uh, Big Ken. Yeah, I tend to agree, man. And, you know, you have to, you know, remember, man, this is the, you know, new age in the record business, man. That You know, the, the old method that the labels used to have set up doesn't work so much anymore. So a lot of times, you know, artists have to find alternative ways to, to get their music out there, especially if you're going independent, like I believe he was at the time. So, you know, this is a, this is a, a bold move at the time. It worked. And I also kind of look at it as like a precursor to, moves that we see today like that whole beyonce you know dropped the album with the all the videos i mean un, nobody knew it was coming and she just wrecked shop with the charts on that so you know it's a, it was a bold pioneering move at the time uh that worked out for him yeah now I, i'm trying to look for some information on this because i know the album was released through columbia but now i'm wondering was it initially released through that tour and then they picked it up later. I can't. I, can't. I believe so. I believe so because the the CD, the concert version was like a bare bones, just you know, flimsy case, all mm -hmm. that good stuff. So I think that was that was all Prince. And then uh, you know, we got the expanded version, or at least the better packaging with the official release that came out a month later. Okay, um, Aunt Pooh, what's, what's your take on this? I think uh, that was that was a. That was a dick move. <laughs> I'm just gonna oh, be honest. Shit. It was smart, but that's a dick move. How D you dick move on whose part? On Prince's part. Oh. Prince, the tour company, the record label. That's just. That's just. It's like, how are you gonna chart? I'm already paying an arm and a leg for your tickets because it's like, come on now, dude, do be paying a whole lot for his concerts. I mean, it'd be worth it, but damn. And then you are gonna add another ten dollars for your for your album? Now I can understand if he had a, if he if it was a discounted price for the album, like if it was five dollars, eight bucks, then you're like, all right, okay, go, yeah, that's not bad, but full price, I'm not feeling that. Okay, but it's at the end of the day, it was a smart move, but it's a dick move. All right, uh, big sexy. You know, honestly, I don't remember that. To be completely candid, I remember when. No, I take that back. I think I got my copy of the album when I went to go see the uh, premiere of the film of the simulcast. That's where I got mine, right. and then I got another one at the concert. So I don't, I don't ever recall going to the store and purchasing one. I got mine with that ticket at the theater, and then again, again, you know, at the Coliseum in Oakland. I take that back. I got one at Arco Arena and at the Coliseum in Oakland because I went to both, two shows. So I don't remember getting it, you know, anywhere. I didn't know there was a different version with, with expanded packaging. I had no idea until you know Sean mentioned it. What, what, yeah, what the, the, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say just the version of the stores has a booklet and you know lyrics, all that good stuff. So it's worth having if you're a completist. Well, I'm about to go pick one up then because I, I was right. unaware. <laughs> good luck finding it. <laughs> Please, I'm a lawyer. I can do anything. <laughs> all right, so let's get uh, let's so let's go ahead and just jump into the music here. So first track, musicology. Uh, sort of the James Brown influence, a little bit reminiscent of something like maybe the work. Uh, so we're just going to go around the room. Uh, Big Ken, set us up. You know, I have to admit <clears throat> that when this, uh, when I first heard this song, I, I liked it, but because it was so much of a, a blatant uh, 
homage, if you will, to, to the James Brown sound. And it had that whole, like you said, the work, uh, you know, the get on the boat type sound. I thought it was cool. It was all right. You know, I didn't didn't really dig it all that much, but it, it grew grew on me over time. So, I mean, I like it a lot more now. I mean, it's a decent starter for the album. You know, it's not his best best song, but, you know, in concert, at least, you know, he made it uh, a little bit a lot, a lot better, actually, at least in the concert that I went to. So overall, it's a good track. It took a while to grow on me, though. All right. Uh, day dropping. Uh, yeah, th- th- this is an interesting song in that it, it was the ultimate end result of that um, the music room from the MPGMC website, and they had all the little samples you can play with, and and they were basically just musical samples that were ultimately used to make this song. So I thought that was really cool when I finally heard the end result. Um, it's a good intro. It's a good beginning track. It, the horns are funky on it, and it's the right kind of length. It's not too long or anything, you know. It's like like Big Ken said, it's a great concert song, though. Sounds good. Sounds good on the album, but it sounds much better in concert because you know he can do his thing with that. Uh, it kind of reminds you of actually of uh, Sexy MF in the in the way it, it sounds and all. Uh, for me, with reviewing these and with grading them, I, I took that stance of does it stand up as well so on all of these a question gets asked does this one stand up i'd have to say yes this one stands up to to today and as such uh i'll give this one a seven out of ten all right wow uh, my quick thoughts on this i agree with pretty much what you guys said. i think it definitely sounds better live in concert and as i listen to the rest of this album the production quality on this song and a couple other ones, but this one in particular almost seems like like a demo where it just seems underdeveloped or it's not it's not full enough compared to some of the other instrumentation tracks on this album. And I almost wish that the the band or whoever played on songs like Call My Name or um, even On the Couch or something played this. I wish they recorded this because I think their version would have been ridiculous. Um but I like the song. I think it's very catchy. Um, I, I love the, the the musicology. I remember the video. You know, from the video. I thought that was one of his better videos. Also, I'll just throw that in there. But I'm a, I'm under the of the mind. It's better live than the recorded version. Um, big sexy. You know, <clears throat> excuse me. I have to agree with everything that was said. And I remember watching the video. It was done to really capture the essence of the 70s i remember when i was a young man <clears throat> a very young man grabbing my uh my mom's vacuum cleaner and using it as a mic stand so i'm not even <laughs> tell that lie i was couldn't tell me you know so i, I like yeah. how it was really reminiscent of those things the song has a the 70s vibe to it and that was an intentional move on his part obviously because he was trying to capture and he even called out you know earth wind and fire and things of that nature which i thought was great but the only thing i didn't care for was the that guitar riff that went through the whole song i just it was ubiquitous and it wasn't my thing but again live it was so much done so much better live you know live it was a lot more fuller they had the whole horn section and was that blackwell on drums on that tour yes yeah he he held it down pretty good and again had he taken these musicians in the studio and done it it probably sound a little fuller but you know we get what we get, and it's a great way to kick the the whole program off. All right. Uh, Sean Hill. Um, wow, you guys took all of my notes, so <laughs> I don't really have much to add to it other than I, I really agree with uh, Big Sexy. This thing should have been live, especially 
coming or live on the album, especially coming off the One Night Alone tour, that band they had already you know solidified themselves as, as excellent musicians. So I'm surprised he didn't he didn't utilize them more on this album. Uh, the only thing that I'll add that someone else hasn't said yet is that it, it kind of drags towards the end of the song for me. Uh, once that don't stop dancing, that part on, it just kind of gets repetitive. I'm like, okay, okay, it, I, I get the point. So I don't listen to this one as much as some of the other songs on here, but I remember at the time that I, I did like it, and it definitely is a uh, hundred times better live, as, as everyone else has said. All right, and Pooh, bring it home. Okay, I, I know I'm the youngin, but uh, at from the uh, two minute mark, two like I think the last two minutes of the song, it's screaming for a hot sixteen verse. Uh, I'm being I'm being honest. If he ever wanted to at 2004, if he wanted to make that crossover mainstream in the hip hop and get him a dope MC to 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 be on one of his songs, this was the song to do it. And that last. That last 30, 45 seconds was perfect for this. Q-Tip would have killed it. Most Def would have killed it. My personal selection would have been Common. He would have loved to have uh, rapped over that beat. He would have towed it down. Uh, I thought the name of the song was Pretentious. I'm like, musicology, like, I mean, Prince, you my mans. You, you, you probably one of the greatest to do is, but you're going to name a song Musicology and your album Musicology? I wasn't kind of feeling that, but he kind of brought that in there. And the other thing I wanted to say was that two at the two minute seven mark where you got that thumping drum beat that reminded me of bring on the noise, bring on the funk. Okay. (laughs) And then that, remember that Nike commercial where they had the basketballs and they did that dancing choreography to it. Every time that part comes on in the next 10 to 15 seconds, that's what I always do that movement, (laughs) which I guess is a good thing because at least it makes you get up and dance. But that's just, is kind of my take those ways. Overall, it's a really good song. I prefer the studio version and the live version, but that's just me. Wow. All right. Oh, you weird. (laughs) (laughs) I respect that. All right. Let's move on to the next cut on this record called Illusion, Coma, Pimp, and Circumstance. All right. So let's switch it up a little bit. Let's go to uh, Big Sexy. You know, this one I did not really care for. It was trying too hard to be to be funky with the guitar tone you know a lot of that tone and i'm saying he's trying to capture a vibe but this one to me at least sounded forced and this one i hate to say it this one i skip over you know it just i listened to this last week and tonight or earlier today to listen to uh, get the vibe for it i just i just can't get this one man i just did not care, care for it at all but I want to throw out one more thing. I was watching the musicology video, and I noticed that we saw the other keyboardist, Rad, I believe, <laughs> and she was like Cat Dyson back in um, Emancipation Days. She made the one appearance and was gone. So I don't know what happened to her in the midst of this project, but she was in the video, but not on tour. All right. Uh, day dropping. Um. <clears throat> I, I'm actually kind of the exact opposite on this one. For me, this one's a head bobber for me. I've always liked this song. I've never skipped it. Um, I mean, I, I, it's just some songs just, to me, they they sound cool, and, and this is one of them. To me, the simplicity on it works, and I don't know, I mean, overall, I just think 
I just think it's a good song. I don't mind listening to it. I, you know, I enjoyed listening to this one this time around. Uh, uh, admittedly, a lot of these songs, when I was hearing them for this review, uh, I was just kind of going for a few seconds here, skip over about a minute, listen for about 30 more seconds, skip over about a minute, little, little, you know, get a feel for it. Uh, but this one played all the way through just because I, I think it's, it's silly, some silly-ass prints. And um, when you got some sap going on, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, does it stand up? Well, sort of. It sort of does. I mean, I, again, I will still listen to it today. So, yeah, I would say it stands up. Overall, I actually do like it. And uh, I give it a, a, a fair 8 out of 10. Wow. Um, all right, let me throw mine in. <clears throat> this was a skipper for me when the album came out. And actually, when, I, when it first comes on, my mind, I'm like, ah, what's going on? And then, bing, bing. Here's what I want to say. It's part of it to me is corny. But going all the way back to 2014, I'm listening to it now. It still is like that corny to it. But I understand in my mind, this to me is what you know, I'm going to say this uh, face down. When I first heard face down before I heard the live version, I was like, what the hell? This is that real goofy, uh, almost like dead on it. It's got that real goofy type of Prince humor to it. Um, and the lyric, so that's the thing. It's, it has that element of it. But I don't think the recording on this album is very good in terms of the instrumentation of the production of the song. I think this song, the music on here, I don't really care for. I can understand where he was trying to go with this. I really like the lyrics. Like, this is some real player stuff to me. This is one of the tracks he's really like telling a story. And I love when he does that. If this had been done years ago, this would be movie star. Because to me, it's the same type yeah. of vibe that yeah. he's doing on here. Um, also reminds me of um, something like Mr. Happy. Like, I, <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, in terms of I didn't, I don't like that song, but I remember when he did that. He did the first part of that song live on some award show he was on. I don't remember which one it was. I don't know if you guys remember that. I think it was at the end of what his performance, and they go into Mr. Happy, and it sounded so filthy. I was like, what the? F-? But he'll take a goofy song like this that may not, I don't like on a record, but when they do it live, it'll sound dope. And I think that if this song was performed, it would be done very well. Plus, again, he just, you know, I, boy, I used to look fine back in the day. I mean, all that kind of stuff <laughs> is hilarious. I could see like a Morris, or they would have gave this to a Morris, and the music was was really funky instead of how they keep saying funky on the record. But if it was like that real shit it would be a great song so i'm half a half i don't really like the music but i like the feel of the song i like um his vocals and everything about it and i like what the song is about you know the song is like really talking about some it's almost like under the cherry moon it's like brothers getting that's these, exactly what it is yeah getting these old white women and you know, <laughs> well that's what he said that's, that's, what what that's, that's what he's talking Christopher about. Christopher Tracy, 2004. That's yeah, it's on some is. real pimp stuff with brothers that be going over to different countries or whatever, or they be getting the white women that want to get some spice. They got money, brothers getting broken off. You know, he see the young chick he want to give, but she paying for everything. Whatever she say, go play. You know, that's a lot of game. And so I'm, I'm very, I, the joking part of me, I'm curious why he would even put a song like this on this record and why is he talking about this? But nonetheless, I like the song now. It's hilarious to me. So there you go. 
so so mike are, are you are you kind of on the fence on this or do i sta- am i standing alone right now no you ain't alone partner well again i don't i, I wouldn't that. i wouldn't go as far as calling it eight because to me I, like i said i don't like the it's corny but i understand what he's trying to go with it now I, gotcha. for me as a hardcore prince fan i can sort of listen to this and understand what it is but i wouldn't recommend it for somebody else that's my take but go I ahead was, big uh big i was feeling the breeze out here that's why <laughs> Go ahead, Big Ken. Bullshit. This song is dope. Wow. Y'all, cra- y'all crazy. This shit is funky. Okay. This is this is Christopher Tracy, 2004. You are absolutely right, Mike, when you said that's what the lyrics are about. And that's when I first heard it. That's what it, Look, the, the line, as long as she's providing chips and whips, we can do this funky thing. That's mm-hmm. all this is about. And it's, it's supposed to be corny. It's kind of like, like you said, movie star. You look at tracks like Pretty Man. You know, all of them, they they all corny like that. But, you know, this one is just funky. I, I like it, man. And I love the little guitar, uh, the little guitar chicken scratch he got going toward the end, like at the very end. where It's, mm-hmm. it's like he's almost overdubbed them twice, you know, like layered them. Mm-hmm. So they're real thick and heavy. So, yeah, this is, this is a, a funky track for me. I like it. It's one of the ones I actually do listen to from time to time. Wow. OK. All right. Um, and Pooh. Yeah. Um, are you guys familiar with this internet singer sensation called Ice JJ Fish? Uh, hell no. No. <laughs> okay, well, y'all it's need not to that light skin dude, is it? Yeah, the Mister. Oh. There's something about you. Girl. I know. Who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you're wrong Prince, for that too. But. When Prince chimes in with that, she knew it fucked you. <laughs> I, I, I I lose it like Prince. <laughs> I can see bruh. exactly what you're saying. That's, that's I'm like, terrible. bruh, that that is uh, that 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 chorus does not work with this beat. It just does not. I I've tried. He, he almost pulls it in on the fourth time, but it just doesn't. I, I give the beat is funky. I will give him that. the The lyrics are really good. I, I will give him that. But god damn it. <laughs> If you ain't got the chorus kicking, come on. As a, hasn't it been through time? You need the beat and the chorus. The beat and the chorus. That's all you need. Everything else will work yourself out. You don't mess up the chorus. And that's 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 all I got to say about this song. Mm. It's skippable to me. <laughs> I, tr- I tried. I tried. I've been listening to this song for the past two weeks. I tried. Uh, John Hill. <laughs> all right. Well, once again, you guys took all of my notes. Um... I really like the guitar licks towards the the end of the song. I, I think this. I've agreed with everything you guys said. This is a fun song. I think I I call this a shuffle song though. I I don't think I don't like it in the context of the album. But if you remove it from the album, if I'm just listening to some random songs and this comes on, I'm going to listen to it. I just think it has the the un- unfortunate uh, stance of of coming after musicology and and after everything that he was trying to say in that song. And then come with a song that is the pretty much the antithesis of music and musicology. I, I think it's kind of an interesting choice. Uh, but I, I do like the song. I like the lyrics. Uh, I like the lyric. Uh, her name was Doris, uh, but he called her flow as in recent. I think that that's 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 always line always makes me crack up. Um, good song. Like it. Like I said, just don't like it in the context of the album. All right. Uh, big sexy. Wait, wait, wait. Are we talking Illusion, Pimpin' and Susits? Yeah, did I start with you? Yes. I did. <laughs> I got lost. All right. So we got everybody on that. 
All right. But, but, go but ahead. Go ahead. One thing, and, and I know I'm going to get mail on this. One thing I didn't care for about about the song is when it opens up and he's all, you know, she did it, what did you do? He sounds like he's, you know, somebody selling cherry squishies in the mini market. You know, I, I just I just didn't dig it. I, I think that's what that. I think that was Ant was kind of talking about that. If you, what's that guy's name? Ant, what's his name? Ice JJ Fish. Yeah, go check out Ice JJ Fish. Yeah, he sounds like uh, Apu uh, from The Simpsons. Oh man, he's a uh, he's on a whole other thing, man. Well, what what day with the vocal? I I think it's him playing a role. It's not Prince. He's exactly. this, this the character that he's you know singing about. So I don't I don't personally mind the vocals. I I think it right. fits the character. Remember, it's a silly ass prince. That's what it is. And when he yeah. does that, he's he's not being necessarily prince, cool prince. It's just whatever. Yeah. He's like Romy Rome singing, you know, <laughs> pretty pretty much. Yeah, well, you're right. He ain't cool. <laughs> I know. This is it's interesting to me that that's the second song, though. It just seems odd. That, that is true. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah, song. that's that's what I mean by it. It doesn't work in the context of the album, but I'll listen to it independent of the album all day. All it right. didn't work now. It damn sure didn't work then either. I'm just gonna say <laughs> that too. Damn. All right. That would have been perfect on Go Nigga. But that's not <laughs> <laughs> We need to review that. <laughs> <laughs> we do. All right. Number three, a million days. And uh we'll go around to Sean Hill. I'll let you get in first. All right. Um I really was loving this song when I first heard it and uh, before I got the booklet. I, I thought this was a band effort. And then imagine my surprise, I look at the book and all instruments and vocals by Prince. I'm like, wow, okay. Um, this is a great example of his broken hearted, you know, done, you done me wrong kind of song. Uh, uh, I hate you, uh, you know, 17 days, that kind of thing. Um, it's a great example of, of him being a one-man band. I mean, I, like I said, I honestly thought this was a, a band effort. It's got his classic, uh, you know, overdubs. Um, everything about this, I love the, the anguishness at the at the end of the song. Uh, kind of sounds, kind of reminds me a bit of Dolphin, too, a little bit. Um, this is this is a great song. I would, uh, I, I'll steal a page from Day Drop, and I'll probably give it like a, a 9 out of 10. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a great track, great track. Love it. All right, Ampu. I'm glad that he mentioned uh, Dolphin. That's the exact same vibe that I got from this song. Um, it's it's not great, but it's not bad. So uh, we put that in, in the middle. I, I, I love the music. I love the lyrics. But for some reason, and I know this is hard. You're probably like scratching your head on it. It just, just something's just not, it's, it's just not a perfect, perfectly put together song for me. And I noticed again. I know it's strange to say that I like the music, I like the lyrics, but together, it just doesn't do it for me. But I, th- I like the placement on the track. I thought it was good then. Now, it- it's just it's skippable to me. It really is. Uh, Big Ken. Yeah, I'm going to co-sign with Sean Hill. I agree uh, with everything that he said. I love the song. It too reminds me of. Uh, Dolphin and songs around that gold experience type of era. So it's a favorite of mine on this album. I like it. All right. Uh, <clears throat> Big Sexy. You know, a lot of guys have mentioned Dolphin. To me, it sounds like Three Chains of Gold, part two. You know, the the thickness of yeah, yeah. the layering of the uh, choruses. I'm like, oh, that's Three Chains of Gold. And the guitar has that slight Egyptian feel to it. And it was that, to me, it's that same type of vibe that he was trying to capture and again I like it but I think it 
I think it's an older song, and it probably was done originally back when the Three Chains of Gold sessions were, were being uh, produced. Hmm. All right. Um, before we go to uh, day dropping, real quick, I agree with everything. And I think for me, looking back at this song now and listening to it, I skip it because it does sound like there's so many songs that he's done that have the same sort of production style that it just immediately brings some of those to mind. And I don't, to me, it's not as good as some of the other ones or better takes on this type of style. But I do like the, the harmony background parts that he does. I, I thought they were cool. Uh, Day Drop. Okay. Yeah, you guys mentioned uh, Three Chains of Gold, Dolphin, and the fact that it sounded like it came back from around that time. For me, it, it does sound like it's recorded back around the gold experience. So I know Big Ken's digging it on that, and he said so. Uh, so to me, that makes it dated at the time that it was released in 2004. Uh, basically, it's, it's meh. It's too overdramatic. The song, is, is to me, it's trying too hard to be epic. Um, yes. Yes. For me, yeah, the observation is pretty simple for me. You don't need, even in the title alone, you don't need a million days when you've already got 17 days. And that, co- <laughs> that covered it. So for me, um, and, and listen, and lyrically, it covered it much better too. 17 days is basically what a million days is trying to be. And because of that, it, it, does it stand up now? Nope, because it didn't stand up then. This to me is a four out of ten. It's a skipping. It's a song that I can easily skip because it's been done too many times. Like you said, Mike, it's done too many times. And Duke can do this kind of stuff in his sleep, and he may have just done that when he did this. So it's not. Oh, it's not good. Not good. Well, wow, and Pooh, you already went though, right? Yeah, but I, I will ahead. say one thing that uh, this this uh, this song is even more egregious to be on an album when he has a song like "Call My Name." Where he whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Wait, whoa, no, 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 no. <laughs> when, it, it's egregious to be on this album when he has called my name and one of the first verses, it's o- well, in the chorus, it's only been three hours, but I, I love it when you call my name. And it's like, well, why do you have a song called A Million Days that you've been gone? It's like, uh, what, what were you thinking about adding this track on the album when you have that song there? Hmm. And on top of that, We'll get into it later. You have Cinnamon Girl, which seems to have a, a little bit of thematic with, 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 the, with the music as well. So I think this was just a poor choice, poor choice of inclusion on this album. All right. Can, can I say one more thing? Sure. Okay, I Go forgot ahead. to say this. Um, I, I was listening to some other thing, a review or Reddit somewhere, and they were talking about his, his drumming or the, the drumming at the beginning, the little thing, the, uh, I don't know what it's called, but that opens the track. They, someone said it was lazy. And I'm thinking, the the man's broken hearted. Of course, that sound is going to be, you know, just kind of, you know, it's not going to be bold and proud and, and that kind of thing. Was was anybody surprised as I was to find out that this was a, a one man band uh, effort? I nope. I didn't think it was, but now that you say that, I mean, yeah, it's not surprise me at all. I don't know. It just it, it really just sounds it sounds like a band effort, and, and you know, again, I'm expecting it to be a band effort because of the whole musicality thing. Um, one little other note of trivia about the song: uh, according to uh, Prince Vault, it's only been performed once live, which is kind of odd. Really? That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> are you? Where was it? Are we performed live? Uh, Boston City, Louisiana, June 12, two thousand four. Wow! Really? Wow! Down. I don't know about that. I gotta. I have to double check that one. Uh-oh. 
Well, actually, no. I'm sorry. That's the first appearance, but it it says it has been performed occasionally. So sorry. I'm I think I remember. I remember hearing it in Oakland. Hmm. All right. All right. Uh, so everybody got their million days in. I'm thinking um the next song. My mistake. My my bad. All good. All good. All right. So let's move on to number four, which is Life of the Party. Uh, so I want Aunt Pooh to start us off on this one. I would say this, that it is a shame that Prince only produces for himself because he 2004 Musicology might be the baddest rap beats ever put to uh, ever put to an album. Life of the Party probably being the best. I'm I'm not I'm digging the ha- I'm kind of sort of digging the half sing half rapping thing going on. It's kind of catchy. It's definitely funky, but with to me my astoundment in it. Is that it's just how bad that beat is? It's it's freaking killer. Again, uh, Jay Z would love to rap over this song if if Prince allows sampling. Uh, Kanye would have a field day speeding up and slowing down bits and pieces here and there for any one of his albums. So my appreciation of the song is just that killer beat. And yes, Prince did it. Wow. So that's why I wanted you to go first because you may have a different take. But I'm gonna say this to you. I like the beat. Like, I can understand where I see what he was trying to do with this, but I hate the drum sounds. Just me personally, I can't. It's almost like he's using, like, the the tom-tom the, the type drums. Or, I, I don't like, I just can't stand that type of sound, personally. But I like the beat. I, I can hear what he's trying to do. But I just don't think the production came forward. So it's interesting that you like it. So, I mean, people that do like it, I just can't stand that and I'm going to have to say it right now this is the song on the album there's that there's always that Prince song on the album I don't care if you love Prince or not you'd be like man damn it and I'm only talking about post (laughs) (laughs) post Batman (laughs) but to me the girl whoever's singing the chorus just one candy that's candy that's candy okay well that makes sense Uh, and I love Candy Machine. I don't love her for singing. Life in the pot. That is so whack to me. I'm sorry, man. With respect, and I say that with respect, it just sounds so like corny and wannabe party type thing. And and when you come from a guy that did like again, he did anthems, man, like Housequake, DMSR, yeah. real party bangers. This is like I can't believe he would even come out with this. Uh, so I don't. This is an ultimate skipper for me. Wait, 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 Mike, but Mike, that, that that piano where it's ding, 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 ding. That part, you you really not feeling that at all? Not really, man. Uh, it must be the younger than me who used to them. Yeah, you know, dirty south beats. And that's you know what I'm saying. I think it appeals to a different. So that's why I say if I'm going to old school print stuff, he would have never done nothing like this. And that's kind of what I was sort of raised on. So now that he's flipped his style a little bit here. I just have a problem with them. So not to say it's not terrible, but uh, day dropping. Go ahead. Okay, I'm gonna preface this with a disclaimer. I say all this in full respect. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, so you having a party? Goody for you. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that how they said it with the whiny? God, God, dude, this is dumb rap, dumb song. I don't like it. 
to me, it's got absolutely no feeling. It sounds like a lightly polished demo that should have just remained a demo. Uh, real simple. Again, the comparison here. He's talking about being the life of the party, being the party man. You know what? Fuck that. I'm gonna listen to Party Man before I hear this. <laughs> you know? Amen. I mean, does it hold up? No, no, it didn't hold up then. It sounds flat and lacking back in 2004, and it sounds. Oh, I think his daughter's on that. <laughs> She just hit the thirtieth round of she, zombies. She's, she's, life, she's life of the Wi-Fi. She done took over. I think you may have to come back in. Right. I'll take. I'll take care of it. All right. All right. Let me finish this one up here real quick, and then I'll I'll, I'll chime out. Um, it, it's maybe maybe live does hold up. No, but maybe live here. Like I said, it sounds flat and lacking. Uh, sounded that way then sounds that way now because songs like Purple and Gold get a one, and I ain't gonna do that to this song. I'm gonna give it a two. All right, all right. Uh, Begin. We'll make this short and sweet, man. I seem to recall back in the day when we did the review of New Power Soul, you cats sliced up uh, freaks on this side. Like it was. Not me. Like, yeah, well, most of the motherfuckers on this show cut it. Like it was like it was the Antichrist. I will tell you this. (laughs) I'd rather listen to freaks on this side all day, every day. Than life of the party, life of the party uh-huh. is hideous <laughs> on every level. I can't break it down no more than that. Man. It is terrible. I love Prince. Prince, if you're listening, yo brother, I got your back. But this was some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Move on. <laughs> All right, uh, Sean Hill. All right, you remember? Uh, I think it was the artificial age mini partial review. I uh, I talked. To, I coined a phrase called Prince Drek, utter Prince Drek. Mm. This is the utter Prince Drek song of this uh, this album. I I co-sign with everything you guys have said. Actually, it's so funny. This, this is the most divisive song. Well, there's one of two divisive songs in my house. My wife loves this song, and so the only reason why it's even on my house playlist is because she likes it. Uh, the other song is "Song of the Heart," by the way. But um, if I'm if I'm listening to my little shuffle playlist and that this is the light, I cannot re- get to my remote fast enough to hit next because I just. I, I just I don't know what he was thinking. Uh, Mike hit on it. The drum sounds just it's too muddled. Um, the lyrics are, are you know the uh, day Robbins said it. The goodie for you. I do like the little rap thing at the end. You know my voice is getting high and I've never had my nose done. I like that. Um, then I was interesting when he did the song live. He didn't use the same music, so I wonder if he if he recognized the fact that maybe musically it just it just didn't work. Uh, because I actually did like the song live, and I remember I I heard the live version before I heard the studio version. So I was you know really really let down when I heard the studio version, and maybe uh, that that plays into it. But yeah, this is this is total Prince Drex. If it, you know again, if it wasn't for my wife, this I would never hear this song again. Wow, right, uh, big sexy and sack. You know, someone mentioned it sounded like a demo, and it does. But again, all you know, full disclosure, you know, always. When I saw him do this at the concert, and he gave Candy the mic to do a little thing, it sounds so much better. the The song does not, the recorded song does not capture 
you know, what was going on with the whole performance. It just doesn't. This is a bad representation of the song. Now, the song, as it is in this format, on the CD, yeah. I don't think so. But live, live it comes across pretty well. But in this deal, you know, the rap and Candy, you're my woman, I love you to death, we will be married someday, that vocal, foul. I hope your, wife, your girl lazy. ain't listening. <laughs> Maybe he has multiple wives or something, you know. See, and why you got to fuck up my flow, man? <laughs> but the song is just not happening. All right. Uh, somebody's got their speakers on. And uh, day dropping, you are back in here. So, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Right. Okay, so next track is number five, Call My Name. And uh, Mr. Big Ken, the floor is yours. Well, you know what? I, I, I like this, I like this song, but you know, it's not like the best mm-hmm. Prince Slow Jam. I think Ernie said something similar to this earlier about one of the other songs. We've heard this before. You know, so although this is a, this is good, and I remember in the concert that I went to, you know, he did like an extended long version of this, you know, trying to get all the the, the ladies to scream and whatnot in the audience and whatnot. And yeah, it was cool, you know, but it's all right. I wouldn't put it at the with the upper echelon of Prince jams. Let me put it that way. This really no, this this pales in comparison to adore. To stuff like that. I mean, it's nice. I'm not dissing it. I'm just saying it's okay, not. Okay. It's not. Okay. Hey, watch it, young boy. <laughs> watch it. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't scared of you. Watch it. I ain't afraid of you, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? So that's just my opinion. It's cool, but it's not upper echelon print slow jam. Wow. All right. Uh, day dropping. Um, I, I think it's pretty good. It's, I think it's a pretty sick love song, actually. It's... um. Again, he can do these type of songs day in day out. We know that, and but that's not, that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. I can't. I'm not gonna fault the guy for for being able to do these things like this. Uh, he's got this beautiful piano and it's sparse instrumentation, and that that works with for me. That works with this kind of a song. The song crescendos well, and it's got some beautiful harmonies. We all know Prince can do harmonies, and and it's very evident in the song. Only Prince can do harmonies the way this is done here. For me, a ballad will always hold up well if it was done well in the first place, and this one was. Uh, could I imagine him playing this one live now? Possibly. And uh, and I, I think it, it does hold up well now. I think this one's a, a solid 8 out of 10. Is it one of the classic slow songs? No, but it's knocking on the door. So. All right. Sean Hill. Uh, in a word, this song is sublime. It is it oh. is Prince perfection, in, in my in my uh, view. Uh, it's a slow jam staple in my house. Uh, it, it's perfect in every way. Uh, I, unfortunately, I, I haven't heard it live. Uh, when when I went to the musicology tour, it was the first show, so he wasn't doing it then. Uh, to me, best song on the album by far. Um, and and uh, coincidentally, this track is a Grammy Award winner, Best Male mm-hmm. R&B Vocal Performance. Uh, mm-hmm. He beat out uh, Anthony Hamilton, uh, R. Kelly, Brian Knight, and Usher. So kudos to Prince for this. That's right. Um, One of those verses does not belong. Well, we won't go there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's ironic though that that Stokely is on this on this track because. It has a mint condition vibe to it, mm. and uh, I think on the uh, on the artificial age, uh, one of the music snobs said one of the songs they wished they could have he could have mint conditioned it. I think 
this song, it's I think it's five minutes. This song could go on longer. I, I wish this one he could have stretched this one out a little bit, um, and and add some some mint sounds to it. Give it give it a little bit more instrumentation, like a breakdown or something like that. Uh, but as it stands now, I mean that's a small gripe. As it stands now, this is a perfect song, best song on the album, ten out of ten. All right, wow, nice. Uh, uh, big sexy and sack. You know, somebody, Sean, you need to come off the, those numbers, man. You, you, you gimmick infringing there, man. You know, you gimmick <laughs> infringing on Ernie. <laughs> you know, I'll have, have to check you on that one. But, but for me, this song is just pure Mac Daddy. Invite your lady up to the apartment. You put on your smoking jacket. Get a little <laughs> snifter of brandy. Oh, baby, come on in. You know what time it is. Oh, and. And she, okay. it, old school, exactly. This is me back in the college dorm, luring chicks to, to Sutter Hall. Room 128, ladies. You know what time it is. It, <laughs> they would come in, and it would be on. It would be unfair. That's the word. It's unfair. You can hear it in the lyrics. <laughs> nice. And you can hear it in the chorus. He's all, if I don't see you real soon, baby girl, I might go insane. Yeah. Boom. Panties drop. There it is. This is the one. This is a keeper. I gotta, I gotta disagree with my brother Ken on this one. This one rates up there with all of his best slow time, all time slow jams. If it was recorded better, I think Ken would have more, more appreciation for it because recording is not that good. But this song is the one. This will get fellas. I mean, all right, let me talk to the fellas out in the audience for a minute. <laughs> fellas, if you are single and you're trying to get that lady to, you know, come to your side of thinking. If you put this on and hit the champagne and don't close the deal, I can't help you. <laughs> I can't help you, man. That's this all guy. nice yeah. and good. That's all nice and good. But canvas the women out there. You put on a door and you put on this one and you see which one. Let's see what goes down after that. That's all I'm saying. I'm not dissing. I'm not dissing the song. Okay, you guys are misunderstanding me. Not that I give a shit if y'all. <laughs> wow. But I'm saying. That it's a good song. It's just, and it's good for. Let me put. Let me rephrase. It's good for this era of Prince. Yeah. Okay. okay. But this okay. pales in comparison to all of the slow jams that he did prior to this. Man, come on. It's good, but it's just not on that level. It's good for 2004, when you got R. Kelly and Cats like that putting their crap out. So I'm just saying it's all relative. It's a good song, but it's not near. Uh, not nowhere close. I would agree with you. But I think you could probably say all of the songs paired to. Com- no, that's true. To, but we, to but those I, songs, I, you, you know, but you know, because this isn't nowhere near a door quality. I don't think anyone's I, I, right. And what I'm getting at, I'm just saying, we all know that Prince is known worldwide for his slow jam prowess. We know this, right? Mm-hmm. All, he's known for that. So I'm saying, yeah, this is a good. This is a great, great song for 2004. But right. I'm just saying, compared to some of his earlier ballads, man, this just it just doesn't doesn't come close in my opinion. I got a I got a cosign and back of big sexy. If your if your slow jam playlist does not contain "Call My Name," your playlist is invalid. All right, well let me no, let me get my. Real me, you don't need no playlist, but I hear. Oh, uh, here we go. Now we putting our max status. With all due respect, with all due respect, brother Sean Hill. Okay, big big king. This will be the first time I say this today. Hashtag. This nigga here. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag all you fucking want, man. <laughs> I don't give a all right, let, let me cut it right here. Let's let me bring it back a little bit. Bottom line. So here, let me get my little take on this song. I agree with, I actually stand toe-to-toe with uh, Big Sexy and Sack. I think this is the best song on the record. I think this is one of the best 
slow jams of 2000. Um, if not, even going forward, this is still one of the dopest tracks. I personally, putting all of Prince's slow jams that I would hold to my heart, you know, Adore, Scandalous, Do Me Baby, um, uh, I know I'm beautiful one. Be- beautiful. Yeah, I wouldn't put a beautiful one as a slow jam for Insatiable. me. Insatiable. Insatiable. Thank you. I would put this on that. This would go on that playlist. This is essential stuff. Is it the same as Big Ken was saying? No, I agree with him. But it is of the slow jams. I think it goes on a slow jam playlist. Period. This is a brilliant song. I really love everything about it. I was thinking the only thing that would make this. The super all-time classic to me is if he had Eric Lees and Aladdin Bliss add some horns Mm. to this. To me, it would have been ridiculous. But even as it stands, I love the vocals. Sean Hill, I think, was perfect. This does sound like a mint type of song, and it is ironic that Stokely is 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 on there because I could actually hear him singing this song. I could see them doing this song actually. But I and I love the whole. I mean that I just I I was impressed I was like okay Prince is doing his thing here so I really like this song live I think this is even works better and the other person somebody else brought up would he perform this today I would even double down on that question do they even perform slow jams on his tour these days I have yet to see that really but I could be wrong Uh, that's my take so I love this song and Pooh Go ahead. Is this on your slow jam <laughs> list? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I've and Big Sexy, you can't hear this, but that's me tagging. I've closed the deal with this song. Thank you. Guys. Hot tag. There you go. There you go. Hot tag. So I don't. I, I, I don't know. The blasphemy coming from Big Ken on this. Watch this it. is Watch your ass. It's, it's blasphemy. Watch your, hey, hey, it's, hey. Let me let you know something, partner. I'm not like these other cats on this show. <laughs> I will touch your ass. Okay? Oh, boy. Just watch it. Tread lightly. I'm Hold on. Let me, you. Let, me, let me give you the tread, background, tread, tread, I don't give a damn where you from. Let me give you the background. Tread, tread lightly. Just know that. Tread lightly. It's like, look, look, dude. Tread lightly, dog. I, I survived the Source magazine. Now you go ahead and go ahead and Google the Source, and you find out the shit I had to deal through. I can deal with. I, don't give I a good dealt with Method Man cussing me the I fuck out about a review I didn't even write. Look here, look here. If I had a pocket full of fucks, I wouldn't get one. You can try on that young boy foolishness if you put on Q Storm, but I ain't. Q- I don't give a damn about oh, Lord. I what don't care happening? about a hashtag, your Twitter feeds. Okay, none of listen, shit. hold up. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa. Go watch it. Let's, let's just stick with the review Uh-oh. part. <laughs> uh, y'all got me rolling. Okay, so Go ahead. Here's, my, here's my take. This is a beautiful book. It can stand up to almost everyone he's, he's uh, put out before and some of the greats by other people. I like to call this a door part two without the falsetto. I mean, the mu- music... I say surpasses Adore because it has those live drums. I mean, no disrespect to Prince. Prince is probably the best uh, drum programmer ever. But the the raw feel of those live drums, I say, puts this music above Adore. Now, the only issue I might have with it is that second verse. That second verse seemed kind of a little throwaway-ish, if you ask me. But, I mean, it's still better than almost anybody else's second verse in 2004 and be, and since then. 
But my theory is, is, and I might be pulling this out of my ass, pause, but it wouldn't be the first time I did that. Pause, pause. again. <laughs> the second verse was added on the, on the original recording of this because he didn't want it to be too similar to a door and people make that their comparison. But I'm sorry, it's there. If, if this was in falsetto, it would be a door too. And that's not a knock on it. That just tells you how complimentary and how thematic this song is to adore and I, in my opinion can stand almost almost close to close to it if if adore had live had live drumming it probably it probably still be it, it wouldn't even be close but because of that live drumming feel that i personally love more it's great and it was, and I will admit that at the three forty three of Mark, it's, it's kind of amazing how he kind of teases us with that falsetto. Then he goes back, nah, nah, nah. I'm not gonna give y'all that. I'm not gonna give y'all that because if I give that to you now, your girl ain't ready to give up. She ain't wet yet, so I'm not gonna give that to you. You need, you need to go ahead and get that foreplay in there, homie. I'm not gonna give you the falsetto. You ain't ready for it. I love this song, and I gotta give a shout out to my old uh, working buddy Brianne Pins. I know she's listening. She. I, I, yes, I know I'm the Prince expert, but she hit me to this song. Said this is her favorite song of all time. All right, all Prince. right. Let's keep it moving. So call my name. I didn't think that would be a divisive song. <clears throat> all right, number six. We got to keep going. Cinnamon Girl, Day Drop. Okay, uh, I'll keep this one this one quick. Uh, it's a nice mid-rocker. Guitar is very much welcome here. Lyrically, I, it still works today. With all the talk of ISIS and terrorist talks and headlines nowadays, it is very, very relevant even today. Um, so the question, does it stand up? Well, it's a matter of relevancy, and I say resounding yes. And the music is very good, too. And the song doesn't wear out its welcome with the 357 length. It's not too long, not too short. It's just right. I think this is, for me, it's, it's, it's stand out because it's so relevant today. So, you know, I'll give this one eight and a half, even nine out of ten. All right. Uh, Big Ken. <coughs> Hello, Big Ken. Hey, James, Big Ken. Oh, you can't hear FYI, me. that's how I do. <laughs> there you go. He's still here. All right, so let's go to uh, Big Sexy. You know, I remember when this video came out, <clears throat> I didn't really care for it. And I also, and, you know, this is just my own personal deal obviously i don't care a lot for you know political war songs other than the war song my culture club for some reason i don't know why but i don't that's not an area that i get into i'm not one for a lot of political things in, in my music you know it's not not a bad piece the um the solo though reminds me of something and i just can't put my fingers on it but i don't know what it is but overall i just didn't didn't care for the, and also going back to the video it was really like really washed out looking and all these different colors i i just didn't get a good vibe and the video really threw me off for the song i just i just don't listen to it all right sean hill okay out of out of all the songs on the album this is actually the one that i skipped the most um hmm. i i i and i think i know why uh do you guys remember this was the contest song that he put on mpg music club uh, do you guys remember that? No. He put a he put a he put a instrumental on it, and he invited people to add lyrics to it and to oh. send them in. And that's, this was this this was the song. Right, I remember that. Yeah. And so I I used to uh, jam that. I loved that so much that when I finally heard you know I guess his version, 
I prefer the instrumental. So <laughs> I I don't even have this this song on my uh, on my musicology playlist. I have the the instrumental. So I I I just don't. I'm kind of with Big Sexy. I just I just don't really. I don't like the lyrics that much. And um, I I guess I'd kind of form my own song uh, with the the music club track. That by the time this one came out, I was so digging the instrumental. I just prefer that better. All right, uh, and Pooh. I I don't particularly care for the song. The music is good. The lyrics go over my head. Um, I ain't got much to say on it. It's not a bad song. Just I, I don't think it fits on this album, in my opinion. It, it has a nice anthemic sound to it. You know, you can be in a concert and you know bang your head, bang your your arm, your arm, wave it over your head, and all that. I, but other than that. Uh, it's a pass for me. All right. Uh, Big Ken, are you back? Yeah, yeah. My bad. Technical difficulty, man. Oh, my good. fault. Oh, good. Hey, uh, you still talking about Cinnamon Girl, right? Yes. Yeah, I agree with my, my man Ernie, man. I, I love this song. I still listen to it a lot today. Uh, I think it uh, does hold up. I like the sound of it. Um like the, the lyrics, everything, man. Actually, I uh, listened to it before this review last week, man. I was listening to it bumping it pretty hard. So this is one of my favorites off this album. All right. You know, I think this is a cool song, but I don't know if anybody can help me, this sounds so familiar to something else that he's done. I'm just, again, that same, I've heard this style so much, and maybe at the time when Cinnamon Girl, it was more sort of a fresh type of sound, but it just reminds me of something, for some reason I'm thinking of uh, the Planet Earth album or something, but <clears throat> I've just heard this kind of style from him, and though I, for me it's serviceable, like it's not bad, it's just not really i don't know it's not prince enough to me that i would go back and listen to it so as in terms of it being is it hold up for me personally it's not a song that i listen to um but i don't think it's a bad song oh, and uh this song has never been performed live i i can say that with authority <laughs> all right all right okay let's uh move on to the next joint what do you want me to do and we'll start with big sexy you know, this one to me, and I was playing it this morning. You know, again, bland, forgettable. Whoa. Whoa. You know, the music is good. The, the the drum effects sound to me like something he was doing in nineteen ninety <clears throat> in nineteen ninety nine with uh, Let's Pretend We're Married with those type of drum samples. The bass is bumping, but this song is to me is the classic definition of a filler track. It's like, we need to stick something else in there. All right, throw this in there. You know, this is just so forgettable and so bland. I just, I don't dislike it. I don't like it. I don't give a shit. Damn. It's, it's that simple. Oh. It, it doesn't resonate anything with me. It doesn't resonate anger or passion or anything. It just it just doesn't catch my attention at all. It just It's really bland and forgettable. Okay, let me go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the total opposite of you. <laughs> For me, this is the second best song on this record. This is that Prince sound that I love, and I love the feel of this. This my shit. I, I love this type of stuff. So it's interesting that you don't like, it, but I love it. I think this is one of the best, one of the better songs on this record. This is that sound that I like. I like the rhythm of it and the way he's swinging on it. Ah, I love his voice on this. I, to me, this is perfect. Um, Big Ken, 
You're, you're, I'm doing you're, a Billy Sparks head shake right now. <laughs> <laughs> we both. Well, I, <clears throat> I co-sign with you, Mike. I I love it too. In fact, this is my favorite song off this particular album, man. I I agree. It's smooth. I like the. It's it's funky, but it's laid back funky. I like the drum programming. You know his vocals. His vocal delivery on it is nice. The 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 uh, the bass work. I mean, it's not the perfect song, but I mean, this is the one that you know. When I think of musicology, the album. This is the song that stands out to me. Yeah, you know it's fine. I'm just listening to it as I'm talking. It's a you could you I can argue this has some similarities to something like uh, Dorothy Parker and just in terms. Ah, you took my. No, you're reaching out, Mike. You're reaching. I, I might be reaching, but I can hear a little bit of no. you know the drumming and even I can see him sitting down at the uh, in the you know in the studio at the board with his bass. Boom, boom, boom! You know, getting dope. And I was like, I, I, I don't know. This song is dope to me. But go ahead. Uh, what was that? Uh, Sean Hill. Yeah, uh, I, I, I in my notes, I wrote classic sound. This is an obvious, I won't say ripoff, but Dorothy Parker homage. Uh, the the drum programming is is obviously reminiscent of that. Uh, thumping bass. I, you mentioned that, Mike. I love the bass throughout it. Now, only Prince can make. Of the lyric, you get behead, you get beheaded in other lands. Sound cool. <laughs> that is the that's like the only part of the song I don't really like. Just that lyric is so jarring to to hear in this this laid back groove and he's talking about beheadings. I mean I understand uh, when the song <laughs> was written, but it just it's always every time I hear it it's jarring. Uh, upon listening to the the CD version, I had totally forgotten about the little tag at the end, which I have no idea what that's about, because um, I have the, uh, the the music club version uh, that doesn't have uh, that on there. So, any I don't know if there are any theories on that or what what the chick is saying. What it ha- does it have to do with the next song? Does it have to do with with the previous song? I don't know, but. Uh, aside from that, this is a great song. This is my third favorite uh, on, on the album for sure. All right, uh, Ampu. I really like this song. Uh, the first time I heard it, I want to say maybe four, three or four years ago, it, it was skippable to me. You know, I, I probably got through the last. I mean, I probably got through the first thirty seconds of the song before I went over to the next. Uh, I guess with age comes wisdom and appreciation of true music. I love this song. This is a classic Minneapolis sound, which mm-hmm. is actually kind of funny because I think it, it, he should have held on to this and put this on NPLS sound, as that might have saved the album. Hmm. Uh, he has some really good wordplay. Again, this is, this is a drum programming, which, you know, considering most of the album is live drum, I, I might find it a little off-putting, but for this track, I think it works perfectly. And for me... Starting with this track to the end of the end of the uh, album might be the best six songs, six songs, six straight songs of good songs that Prince has put on any album. I don't know if I don't know if you can say that for most of them. All right. Day dropping. Okay, Uh, first, the good stuff on it. Um, It's got some nice Lindrum work and that's always welcome. It's a chill, mellow track, almost even flirting with a kind of jazzy sound. That's not bad. But, you know, does, does it hold up? And so my scores, remember, they, they rate on whether it holds up, taking into account of the track itself and whether it holds up now. Well, considering it's Prince speaking from the point of view of a married man, well, no, it don't because he ain't married now. But it does have an old school vibe with the Lindrum work in it. 
and it seems like old school still might see the light of day with rumors rumbling of the still possible Purple Rain release in November. So based on that and that it that might spark interest and stuff if it was to be played today, I can give this thing no more than a five out of ten. Oh. It's not don't do much for me. It just doesn't. It sounds like music that you hear in a, like on a, a, a pine saw commercial. Wow. Normal, normal, like a morning, morning, you know, weekday morning. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't dig it, man. It's not. It's not my kind of thing. Damn. All right. There you go. We gotta keep it moving. Uh, the Marion Con. Somebody's got their speakers up. You gotta turn them down. All right. The oh, Marion. I'm sorry, go ahead. The, uh, Real quick. It's a shame that he didn't do uh, this song on the acoustic uh, version of, of the tour. Uh, that, would, that one would have worked That would have been nice. Well. I agree. That one would have been nice. And, it's, and this track has also never been performed live either. So. All right. Uh, so next is The Marrying Kind. We're going to start with Sean Hill. The Marrying Kind. All right. I, I like this song. Um, I... It's, you know, the rocker of the album. I, I think it's really good. Um... I don't really have a whole lot to, to say about it. I mean, other than, than I like it. I, I wish it was longer. I don't like the kind of uh, abrupt ending because I, I shuffle uh, things now. And so it, with that, because it flows into the next song. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't really have anything bad to say about it. This is, this is a highlight of the album, definitely. All right, Big Ken. Yeah, I agree. Uh, to me, it's a, a nice follow-up after uh, What Do You Want Me To Do Now? Uh, you know, different contrasting style. Um, but I love the music on it, man. So this is another highlight for me as well. Day dropping. Uh, part one of two, basically, right? For me, this one is a skipper. I don't get it. It seems like filler to me back then, and, and it does so now. And the question on it, does it hold up? Well, hey, he's since married and divorced for the second time. So I don't know how, <laughs> if he's a marrying kind after all, I mean... So, you know, I'm going to say that it doesn't hold up because of that. I, I just, I, I don't feel this one. And I'll be right, honestly, for the most part, I don't feel the next track either. So this one's four, four out of ten. I don't, I don't feel this one. All right. I'm just going to throw mine real quick. I, I skipped this song. Again, it just has that same sort of sound. I like, it's, it's funny because I, I like what he's doing but for some reason i just never got into the song and i still don't i don't think it's terrible though it just doesn't work for me um big sexy insect you know i got i gotta follow the train here uh it's too reminiscent of sacrifice of victor to me trying too hard to be dramatic but i do like the little i believe it's a harpsichord in there i do like that but other than that yeah pass sean hill i went already Oh, I'm sorry. Um, we got everybody then, right? Nope, you didn't get Ampoo. Oh, I'm sorry. Ampoo. Huh. And just like you Odin's, uh, I got to yeah. come into school, y'all, again. Uh, oh, this, here we go. I consider this a, a four-track sweep with What Do You Want Me To Do, The Marion Kai, If I Was A Man In Your Life And On The Couch. Uh, this, to me, is Prince doing some dirty macking right here. <laughs> I'm just like being honest. He, he challenged LL Cool J like, look, I, didn't, I saw her. You ain't doing all right. I told him you was a married. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. I, I've done this myself, so it's like these words are speaking to me. Would you go ahead and shit on your boys because you you want to try to smash? Maybe he wanted more. I don't know, but like the ver- the verse here where he's saying, uh, uh, "She's gonna miss you at first, but then she's gonna buy me things." Like, God damn, Prince is a cold blooded dude. I like this song. It held up then. It holds up now. 
All right. I was only waiting for a verse about car loans. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to get you back, bro. All right. Let's keep it moving. So, if I was the man in your life, Aunt Pooh. I love this. This is this perfect complimentary song to that. It nicely segues. There we go. <laughs> I love how it just begins with that, uh, that with just that drum beat and him singing with that. If I was the, I love that. It just and it kills me. Um, but you know, it kind of. Uh, overall, I like this song. I think it's, it's a nice complimentary. I, I feel it. Every I, I can't listen to one without the other, and this is perfect for me. And now that I've discovered on the couch, I got to listen to. On the couch, and what do you want me to do? I gotta listen to all four of them in a row. This is perfect. Prince killed it right here. I just throw mine in real quick. Though I don't like the Marion kind, I do. Ex- I do. I see exactly what you're saying. I can hear at least the three songs, Marion kind, this one, and On the Couch, do sound like as if they were just recorded right along with each other. I respect that part. <clears throat> this song, though, to me, is dope. Like this is one of my third favorite, most played on this. I love everything about it. This is my style all the way. It's just with the band style. I dig it. love it. I wish he could continue this song. Uh, Day Drop. Well, I kind of already uh, spoke about it in the previous one. Yes, this is part two on it and of uh, The Marrying Kind. Uh, I skipped it back then, and, and I would now. But I can give a plus to it. Uh, as a standalone track, it's okay. It's all right. And um, I don't know. Uh I think the song really picks up about when it has about a minute, minute and a half left. Um, the whole song, maybe even the whole album could have evolved around all that sound. But then, I mean, you got the Rabel children that already did that. So, I don't know. Does it stand up? For me, I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm. But um, as a score, it's not going to be that high because it didn't stand up to me. I think it's a uh, 5 out of 10 again. Due mostly to the last minute, minute and a half of it, really uh, bumping this up to that. Otherwise, it would have been equal four out of ten like the previous track. It just—it's not my kind of thing. I see some folks dig it, and that's fine, but it's not my thing. For, you know, it didn't do it for me. Right, Big Ken. Yeah, I dig it. I think it's a nice. Uh, uh, it, it segues nice from Marion Kind. I, I listen to all three of those. What do you want me to do, Marion Kind? This one pretty much, you know, together and they fit well together. I like it, man. You know, I, I think Marion Kind is Marion Kind is slightly better, but I, I do like this song. It's a highlight. All right, uh, Sean Hill. All right, I can't for the life of me figure out why those two these two songs aren't one track. I mean, I know I, I guess they're different songs, but I, I think that would have this particular portion because i consider it the same song this should have just been murdered it should have been one track um i like i preferred the marion kind section more than this mm-hmm. i think i would probably like this more if it were one track because again i shuffle so i don't hear these songs back to back uh whenever i do hear these songs like i'm supposed to so that's why i say i prefer the marion kind a lot more because for whatever reason my my iPod and iTunes seems to like Demarion Kind uh, more than this one and it plays that one more so I hear this one more but uh, the only thing that I would probably do and I'm surprised I haven't done this before I need to merge these two tracks together and just make it one track and see how that, that goes yeah I, 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 that kind of I lost that whole thing or I forgot about that he's so connected and it sounds actually pretty good this way the last thing I just say about this man if you listen to him he's on the verses it almost 
to me, like has sort of that bounce type of rap quality to it. But then he'll break, then he swips it right into that do unto other, and then you go right back into that kind of real soulful type swing. I, I just it's actually pretty brilliant to me. Uh, last on this one shall be Big Sexy and Sack. You know, I like this one. It's, it's got the, the good groove, the layered vocals, uh, and, and the subject matter is about pursuing and attaining the woman. And again, maybe I need therapy, but I, I take it all back to Mac days back in the dorm room. You know, you roll up to a, to a lady and you just hit her with the beginning. If I was the man in your life, uh, there it is. The little, uh, boom. You have her attention now. Now you've got her attention. Now, now, now the, <laughs> capture her attention. What are you going to do with it? And you just lay it out there, baby. I'll treat you right. The whole shebang as you ease her into the dorm room and things happen from that point. I think it's a good Mac song. That, but then again, then again, I, I, uh, I need therapy. Yeah, that ha- I can make this work. You had that half right, Big Sexy. It's a dirty Mackin song because dude is straight up up on the chasing after this dude's girl like he LL. This is seriously Hey Lover and all that kind of stalkerish a bit too. All right, moving on. So what does he do next? Next, I think he's he's basically gonna turn her out. So we're gonna start off with Big Ken with On the Couch. No, you ain't gonna start off with me on this one because I ain't feeling this one. And I know the last time I stated my opinion about call my name, all hell broke loose and I had my Prince fandom called into question oh, by certain members of this team. So I'm going to I'm just going to gracefully bow out of this one because I ain't feeling this one either. So carry on. All, all right. Wow. All right. That's, it's all good. Um, big Sexy and Sack. To me, it's got a little bit of a gospel flavor to it, you know, like a little bit of Al Green. Amen. Yep. Yep. To it. And, and my my man is straight begging on this one, and I do believe he's channeling some seventy soul again, and I do believe he's offering to uh shall we say go down south for the ladies? Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, ladies, that's what we do, ladies. You know how it is, you know. But <laughs> as a, as a completed track, you know the uh, intent and the emotion aside, I just don't care for it. I'm not a big gospel fan, though, either. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it doesn't really resonate with me, especially 70s-type stuff. And that's what this, – this is what I'm hearing. And it's kind of hard to, you know, com- not compare, but kind of inter- intertwine gospel vibe with trying to, you know, go down south. Those do not go together. So for me, I, I just don't don't care for this one. All right. Let me throw mine in. So here's the thing. I agree with what you said. This is awesome gospel music. And I think the music of this, I'm going to say this, it's actually flawless in terms of the execution of doing that style. I think this, I would assume this is a band effort and they nailed this. Uh, If you took away Prince out of this, it would sound as if it is some traditional style gospel with a little tinge of maybe you know some jazz kind of horn or something like that but it's 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 incredible i could hear this in a church like hey man we're going down we're going down on a g you know i mean i can hear him doing it and i think you know i think somebody i think even jahan was saying this on one of the shows prince is very which is odd to me very gospel roots in a lot of his songs the only thing i will say about this is that Prince at this point and even today, he's it's like he's almost too smart for his own good. He's almost too good at doing these different styles of music 
for his own good. And what I mean by that is if this song had been done earlier, he wasn't as good at mimicking other styles. So he gave his interpretation of what he would think a gospel sort of sound would have, but it would have that Minneapolis print sound in it. To me, kind of like with a door or something like it is not straight gospel soul instrumentation. He has his kind of freaky, you know, genius way of doing the song. I think to me at this point, his musicianship is so tight. And of course, the band members he has are so seasoned that they'll play it straight. And so to me, as ill as I think this song is, even his vocal performance is dope as hell. It's not Prince. It's like he's singing in the Prince style, but the music is just straight traditional. And so there's nothing like different about it. So you can hear this amazing song, in my opinion, musically. And it's like, well, I don't normally listen to this type of music, so I wouldn't play this, like, regardless of who's on it. And that's the problem with this song to me, because I think this song is brilliant, but it's not. I just feel like Prince is so advanced in his music styles that he doesn't he plays it just like everybody else. And he can play it as well as everybody else, but it doesn't sound unique. Now, it's unique to me that Prince is doing something like this. Like I think I've seen him do this song live. I think this is one of his coldest tracks. I mean, in terms of like that style he's getting down, it's filthy for an older cat. Like I said, if I was to have a couple of drinks and you ready to get it popping, yeah, this is dope. But I just think that it's almost too smart for his own good. But that's not a bad thing. It's like looking at Obama. So he's too he's too intelligent. Well, he's <laughs> too intelligent. But you know, hopefully you understand what I'm saying. But go ahead, yeah. Sean Hill. You were on the kick in. Yeah. Well, one thing this this isn't a, a band effort. Uh, only Blackwell is is on the drums, and then of course uh, Candy and uh, Macy O'Greg on the horn. So um, this I actually thought this was a band effort also when I first heard it too. But well, that's uh, a, that's this, a band. I mean, it's not. It's more than Prince, right? It's different well, I, people. Well, playing. he doesn't play horns. I mean, he he could play the drums, but he, he right. for whatever reason, let me, we'll do it. I'm just I'm just letting you know. Um, okay, so I my first exposure to this song uh, was at Staples, which it was a a big hit during the acoustic set. It was one of the highlights. Um, I really like this song, although I I think it's better done as satisfied. Um, I love the church organ and someone, I think Mike, you actually hit on that. I, I love that sound throughout it. Um, I would probably prefer an, a, an acoustic version like he did uh, during the show that I saw over the band version, so to speak, that he has on the album. Um, I, I don't have a problem with this song. I think now it suffers uh, only because of Satisfied. I, I think that is a better take on this style of song, in, in my opinion. All right, day dropping. Yeah, <clears throat> this one's an, an odd review of it in that I don't really care much for this song at all. I mean, I'm kind of with Ken on this. I don't care much for it. But we, I got to point out the, the good deals on it. It's Dirty Minded Prince. It's a cool track that I'm certain would translate well live, even if it was played today. I wouldn't mind him singing this one these days. Not for me, but for the Prince on stage persona and the women that would that would go over well um i mean it, it could slow things down on stage live in 2014 and they'd be dropping on stage oh. i mean does it stand up yeah it does i don't care for it but it's, but you know doing on whether it's, it, it would stand up now i say it does and even though i don't this is an odd one even though i don't care for the track 
I will score it an eight out of ten. All right, so. all right. Aunt Pooh. Uh, damn you, Sean! You stole my thunder. Uh, as the, as the, I feel the same way that this song is definitely part one to satisfy part two, and it, it actually either he should have put satisfied on this album or move this song to thirty one twenty one. I really like the song. It's very playful. The music, I definitely sense the gospel. Prince did his thing on this track. All it right. Held up then, holds up now. All right, I got everybody, right? No. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, sir. No, I thought we were going to hear uh, from Big Ken. Oh, I thought you were saying you, you didn't care for it, but I'm, go ahead, Ken. Oh, I did. I said I, I rec- uh, recused myself from this. Oh, you remember? recused? Okay. I thought you yeah, said yeah, last. yeah, because I don't want my Prince fandom called into question again. Oh, boy. Here we go. And then I'm I have curious. to cuss motherfuckers out, so I'll <laughs> All right. Let's keep it moving. We got a couple more left. Next is Dear Mr. Man. And we're going to start off with Day Dropping. Dear Mr. Man. Okay. I, I would believe this one to sound so much way better live. I mean, to me, this lyrically, it's Prince, Prince's take on... I could see Marvin Gaye doing something like this and the way it's, it's written yeah. and all. You know, it makes your head bob and then it makes you think. And that's a good thing. I mean, it's a good song with interesting messages, not unlike the same type of uh, feed that was given to you with Sign of the Times. And that's not bad. And oddly enough, it also includes a rare fade out that you hardly ever hear now. Um, does it stand up? Oh, I could see him singing this one all the time live today. And uh, it was a good track then. It's still a good track now. If he puts it out there live, it could be even a greater track. This is a standout one for me. This is a 9 out of 10. All right. Um, I pretty much agree with what you said. You know, this music actually borrows uh, from James Brown. I believe as people get up, drive your funky soul. If you go listen to that, you hear that this this is what they're playing, actually. They just slowed it down a little bit. Um, but I like this song. To me, this song lyrically also reminds me of um, a song on 2010. God, God what's one where he says, Act of God or something. It kind of reminds me of that kind of, Prince always kind of puts himself in that position where, uh, you know, they don't do this and I don't do that and none of mine. But but I like that kind of stuff. Almost even like uh, going back to Dirty Mind. I think it was uh, Party Up. You know, kind of talking about things that are going on. But the part I love about this is at the end of the song, we tired of (laughs) y'all. I just thought that was hilarious. Um, So I I dig this song. I think it's dope. Uh, Big Ken. Yeah, I kind of agree with you and Ernie. I mean, it's 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 okay. It's pretty good. It's it's decent. But I got to be honest, it's like a 50-50 shot. You know, if I actually listen to the song all the way through when it comes on, right? I have to be in the the mood to really want to follow follow through with it. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I understand the political vibe that he's trying to address, but I I think that was better done, like Ernie said, in, in songs like Sound of the Times. You know, it was more effectively done, which then would grab my attention and hold it a little bit more. And it's not like the music is really standing out in this particular song. So it's not terrible. It's okay, but... You know, I, I skip it half the time. Other times, I just kind of let it play and listen to it, you know. It's just okay. All right. Big, sexy, and sack. Yeah, I got a co-sign with Ken. It's a little too political trying. Let me, let me rephrase this. It's trying too hard to be political for me. And at the end, with the, we, we're tired of y'all. I'm like, you know what? Come on, man. <laughs> to me, that, 
that was just pandering to me. You know, but who's the y'all he's talking about? I, that's a good question. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not feeling that one. So I, I, I skipped this one pretty much all the time. All right, wow. Um, Aunt Pooh. And I, I hate. I, I'm not trying to make any enemies with the OGs, but Too late. I don't. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I don't see y'all disliking this song. I really, I, I love, I love this song. I think it's a really good song. It reminds me of uh, Money Don't Matter Tonight, mm-hmm. Sign of the Times, uh, Ronnie. T- well, much better than Ronnie Talk to Russia, and the, the 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 music on here. The beat is killer. Again, I said that if. Any rapper out there, y'all should be going to Prince and just begging him to sample three or four songs off this album because the beats are that good. I like what he's talking about. I love the fact that there's no chorus. Some of Prince's best songs is when he doesn't have a chorus, and this is another one of those, no chorus, and it's really good. Um, Mike, if you if you allow me, one of our fans on Facebook, he mentioned this song, uh, Pedro E. Thor Matson. I hope I'm pronouncing that last name oh, right. Oh, yeah. What's up, Pedro? He said, besides Dear Mr. Man, no song on this album resonates with me, which I guess is high praise for Dear Mr. Man. There you go. Yeah, and in terms of the music, like I said, go listen to that James Brown song, People Get Up, Drive Your Funky Soul. It, it, that's exactly where he, he got it. I, I hope he gave him credit for that because it's uh, interesting that he would do that. Uh, Sean Hill, take us home. All right. Uh, I love this track. This is this is a very uh, a standout one for me. Um, I don't like it when Prince gets overly political and overly preachy in the songs, but for some reason this one this one kind of works for me and I, and I think it's it's his delivery I think that that it's it's passionate but plain if that makes sense um, it's, it's more matter of fact. Uh, for me, I, I love the lyric. Uh, ain't nothing fair about welfare. Ain't no assistance in aids. Ain't nothing affirmative about your action till the people get paid. I don't know. I, I just, I just love that phrasing. And then uh, the part your thousand, your thousand years are up. Uh, just that, that part right there. That's, that's the old black Southern Baptist preacher uh, starting to come out <laughs> of him a little bit. Um, Ernie mentioned the fade out, and I know I've talked about fade out some summer princess songs. This one, uh, this was like, hey, where you going? Don't don't leave. <laughs> you just you're just getting grooving. Don't don't go. Give Maceo another five minutes on the horn. Um, yeah, this is uh this is a definite definite uh, plus plus track for me. I would definitely and uh, give it a uh, probably a ten or nine 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 and a half maybe. Uh, great song, great track, great groove. Love it. All right, last track is Reflection. I'm going to go to Big, Sexy, and Sack. Whose afro is indeed the roundest? That's the best. <laughs> you know, I like the little stereo effect in the song. I love the doubling on the choruses. Uh, the mics were a little hot, but it captured the uh, 70s limitations of recording. This, to me, is a standout track. When I saw him and Wendy doing on Tavis Smiley, I'm like, there it is. Shut down. I think this is something that should be performed now. I think it could pull off pull off really well with Third Eye Girl and um in that setting. I think it's a great song. It is I like that it's reflective about things going on back in your youth. And I was playing it early, earlier this morning and it is in rotation on my um treadmill music list. I, I I love this song. I can't say enough about this song. It is one of his standout songs in the whole, in his entire catalog. I, I love it that much. All right, Big Ken. 
Yeah, I have to agree. It's a beautiful song. Uh, everything Mark said, I agree with. I, I'll just add that you know, it's the beauty is in is in its simplicity. You know what I mean? It's just his vocals and the acoustic guitar, and and you don't need anything else other than that. Very reflective, introspective lyrics. Very well done. Very well sung. It's just a beautiful song, man. A, a great way to close the album. All right, Aunt Pooh. Um, co-signed with everybody's sentiment. I, I, I saw the live performance with Wendy before I listened to the album version, and I go back and forth with which one I prefer. But the the studio version, I, like I said, I love when Prince does a song with no chorus. It, 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 it always is really, really well done. I love this song as well. It's done good. I just wish when you come to, I know Ernie, Ernie, uh, does this better than me as far as the track sequencing? If he yep. had, if he had taken "Dear Mr. Man" and uh, what was the other one, "Cinnamon Girl," and had that nice little "Call My Name," "What You Want Me to Do," the Marion kind, "If I Was the Man in Your Life," on the couch reflection, that would be a perfect, perfect sequencing of the the eras in a relationship. And reflection is just perfect, like two old people just sitting down talking about the love that they had. All right, Sean Hill. Okay, I got I got to take a deep breath to to try to make it through this one. Um, the the lyrics, um, and I'm I'm gonna read them here so I don't mess them up. Uh, Still, it's nice to know that uh, when our bodies wear out, we can get another. Uh, what does the one thing have to do with the other? I don't know. I was just thinking about my mother, and that lyric just sings to me now because of my grandmother. And I, I've always loved this song, um, but hearing 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 it, listening to it after you know her, her passing, just just made me think of the just the brilliant how he's able to just make you think about things and 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 bring out emotions that you. This lyric shouldn't even bring out that emotion to me, but it does, and that just that just uh, tells his uh, his great songwriting. Um, but let me let me let me try to get back to focusing on the song itself. Um, it is a great way to to uh, to close out the album. A lot of people don't like it because it's so downbeat and so mellow, but I, I think it's perfect. I, you know, it's it's it starts out reminiscing about the past in kind of an upbeat way the, with musicology. And then it ends um, thinking about uh, the past in a more melancholy but sweet way, and I think it's a it's a perfect perfect uh, closing to the album. Uh, I would I would give it I would give it a giving it a ten out of ten prior, and I would definitely give it an eleven out of ten now just because of of what it uh, what it does for me. All right, day drop and bring us home on this. Yeah, I. I fully respect what what Sean was saying on it um, because he's he's coming from the heart on this. And and that's a good thing about Prince Music is that he can do that. Um, For me, though, unfortunately, I think this song, it's an up and down on the scoring on this one because there's there's good things on it and then not so good things on it. and, And first, the good thing. Let's start on the good on the good thing. It's it's a beautifully done song. Um perfectly titled reflection that's what it is and um it makes you think back it makes you think on different stuff and and it it forces the listener to reflect as well and that's and that's good uh i think it could i think it could have swapped with dear mr man because i think the scoring on this is reflective in that it suffers a bit because 
it's the last track. I'm not too cool with with it being a a, a closing track, and I think it makes it a weak close. I'm not a big fan of slower songs being a closing track, with the exception of maybe uh, sometimes it snows in April. But purple uh, rain. Or well, purple rain. I guess two degrees is kind of a slow, <laughs> slow track too, you know. But Adore? again, uh, <laughs> go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Babe. It, it, it's it's okay, but it's rare. It's rare, is what yeah. I'm saying. And and then again, those those are like anthems, so they work. They work that way. This one is hardly that, and so it doesn't it doesn't work like that for me. Um, but it, it, it's a good song. It's a beautiful song. Um, I think it, it could hold up at any time in 2004, 2014, 2024. It's always going to hold up because it's a song that talks about the past, and that's a constant. So, um, and you know, it's it's just it's it's a beautiful thing, and that that it makes you think on it. So ultimately, I'd like to see him. I would love to see him do this live. I'd love to see him do this definitely as an acoustic live. I think. That would be awesome. In fact, if this was just straight acoustic, I think it would work out better as a closer. Yeah, I think it's but, the only way that song would work. Mm-hmm. Is, is acoustically, yeah. Uh, so the final score on it, again, it went up and down. If it stands on its own, I think it's a 10 because it's beautiful. Um, where it's at, knocked it down a couple of notches to eight. Played live now, acoustically, if that happens now, it's a nine. So I'm going to give it a nine. All right, all right. So here's what we're going to do. Hold on. We got to cut it because we're getting long. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go and give our final thoughts on the record, and we're going to just limit ourselves to 30 seconds. So final sort of analysis on this album, sort of like where do you see it now? Is this something that you play? So we're going to start with uh, Big Sexy Insect. Well, where it stands up in the lexicon of things, and I'll just go post- his uh, freedom, his emancipation years, uh, this sig- signals a good comeback, but it was unfortunately a one-time peak because the subsequent albums after this, yeah. You know, but creatively, it was an homage to a certain time, and for as a whole, he captured it very well. Uh, individually, some things I cared for more than others, but does it does this stand up with a lot of the pre-emancipation output? No, no, not at all. But again, he set the bar so high with things that were done pre-emancipation. So this was a good attempt and a good reminder of what he could do, and he actually did it with the album and the subsequent you know massive tour. But unfortunately, he didn't keep up the momentum with that. And released 3121 and Planet Earth, with which to me were just incredibly lackluster. Incredibly. So this was a good signpost to get us from there to where we are now. All right. Big Ken. Yeah, I agree with uh, a large portion of what Big Sexy said. Overall, I think it's a good album um, that actually holds up fairly well. I mean, it's a, a, a good mixture of different types of styles not not all of it works but most of it works you know there's some sections better than others and and for 2004 it, it, you know this was a, a pretty good album interesting how it was released at the concert and all that which we talked about 
But I tend to agree that yeah, it's a it's a good album in in context of his two thousands and beyond. But I agree that it does not it's it's not in the same conversation with the uh, pre emancipation stuff, uh, in, in my opinion. But but that being said, it, it is one of the better ones in the two thousand catalog. I mean, you have that thirty one twenty one was kind of a mixed bag. Planet Earth, same thing. You know, Lotus Flower is pretty good. Minneapolis Sound was okay. You know, now we got the stuff we have now, which is, you know, much better than most of that other stuff previous. So, I mean, it, it holds up well in the 2000s. But beyond, you know, going too far back, pre-emancipation, it, it, it's not in the conversation. All right. I'm throwing my two cents in here. I agree. I think this album, would you say it was uh, 3121, Planet Earth? It's almost those those three albums to me. I paid attention, but I never came back to them very much. And I still sort of feel that's this way about this album. For me, this album really kind of was a disappointment because even though it was maybe two years earlier, the Rainbow Children album to me was such an excellent piece of work. And then I think, you know, for the completest, he's probably had, what, four or five albums between that time, if you count, you know, The Slaughterhouse and One Night Alone and, and all that kind of stuff. But this would have been sort of his first sort of major album after Rainbow Children. And I was just expecting the production quality and the just the overall album to be on a higher level. And for me, this was a step down. Um, there are a couple of good songs that I like on here, but I don't listen to this album. Um, and it doesn't hold up to me. There's only a few songs on here that I think I'll add to my sort of rotation but this is not an album that I go back and revisit. Uh, as said earlier, the pre stuff is so strong. It just doesn't, this would not get into the lexicon for me at this point. Uh, day dropping. Uh, yeah, pretty, very much, pretty much the same sentiments you guys have had so far. This is, uh, this album is very 2004 and not very 2014. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's hit and miss. Then it's very hit and miss now. Um, it's got some good point, some good high points, and and but I I still don't see myself really taking too many tracks from this and putting it on a track uh, track list that I would listen to nowadays. Um, I think that kind of that could change should he decide to play some of these tracks live, and that's kind of telling the fact that he'd have to play it live and we hear it live in order for me to consider it to listen to it again off the CD. And like you guys have mentioned, that's just not the case with some of the classic stuff. Um, you know, there's an argument to be made whether we're just jaded towards that or not, and we may or may not be. But there's also something to be said about uh, those those sounds then in, in the early 80s just being so original at the time and and the history that, that, that falls with that. The history that's going behind this here is like a mini comeback that really was just a mini comeback. And um, I can't see beyond 2004 when it comes to this album. So for me, it's it's a good album on its own, but not an album that I will listen to. And that's kind of where I stand, very close to what you guys are saying. All right, Ampu. Um, I like this album. Uh, I was very, when it was really first released in 2004, and I'm still kicking myself and I'm learning, never count out Prince. I had a chance to go to the Staples Center concert and got the concert plus the album, and I didn't, so I've learned my lesson. Do not count out Prince. This album is really, really good. Eight 
good to great tracks out of 12. What more can you ask for from an album in 2014, let alone 2004? So I say it's one of his tops. I easily give this a four stars. And it's very underappreciated considering the, the type of songs that's on there, the music that is on there, and the, the themes that are discussed. But that's just me. Right. I'm the young kid. All right, all right. Uh, Sean Hill. All right. Uh, for me, this album, going back and listening to it in an, in an album form was good because it's, I, I hear these songs a lot, but I don't hear them in the proper context. So it was good to, to kind of go back and listen to it that way. I still, I think, uh, I think what's that phrase? The sum of the parts aren't don't create a great whole. I think a lot of the songs are good, but I don't think it's a cohesive uh, effort. Um, and it's a big missed opportunity, in my opinion, to get that one night alone band in the studio and, and to make an album. I mean, yeah, they did expectation and they did news, but how many people actually, you know, bought and heard, you know, those out al- those two albums? Um, I really wish um, he would have kind of carried along that theme, you know, real music, real musicians on the album, uh, given given the band a chance to, you know, participate and stretch out some tracks and, and see what happens with there. Um, how does it stand up in the, uh, you know, the lexicon? I think it's, you know, kind of kind of middle of the roadish, you know, not not great, uh, not bad either. Um, I think I'm going to have the unpopular opinion that uh, I think uh, 3121 is a, a better effort than this one. Uh, I think out of the comeback era, which I hate that phrase, where, where did he go? I mean, he wasn't gone anywhere, but of the comeback era, I think uh, it was a good way to start it, I think. But for me, at least, I thought I think 3121 is, is a better album, but I would still uh, I'd still listen to the individual tracks like I already do. But I probably won't listen to the album as a whole again. All right. And last thing I would just say real quick. I, I hate the album cover. I, I, I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. The weeds in the background and then musicology. But there we go. That is our take on musicology, <laughs> musicology the album. I want to give quick shouts to uh, some of the listeners, um, as Ampu alluded to, uh, Pedro, Todd, and Thomas. They left some very uh, extensive, great comments uh, on the uh, Facebook page about this recording and, and the uh, album. So definitely go check that out. So before we get out of here, we got to let everybody know where you can find people. So first, we're going to go to Big Ken. Where can they find you, sir? Flavorfoundation.com, Twitter, Ken Mitch, and Ken Mitchell at Facebook. All right. Thank you for being here. Being here. Mr. Yep, yep, yep. Day Dropping. Oh, yeah. Find me under Ernie Wiles uh, on Facebook. And that's pretty much about it. <laughs> All right. Big, sexy, and sack. You can get me on Big, sexy, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, at Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter. Damn. At Big, sexy, and sack. Or on Facebook under Mark Wiggins. All right. Day, um, Jay Dropping, I already got you. Sean Hill. All right. You can find me on Twitter at Hill Street Views. Uh, Facebook, Sean Hill. Also, uh, Real Movie Talk on Facebook. And then my blog, uh, hillstreetviews.blogspot.com uh, got one Prince related uh, article up uh, I would die for reissues so if you haven't read it uh, check that one out and uh, that's my info alright and Pooh you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Aunt Pooh new comic book theme article up tomorrow on 411 Mania new wrestling column on uh, Knockout Nation on Wednesday 
All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Please, if you don't uh, subscribe to us, check us out on iTunes and also Stitcher Radio. And also, please like the Facebook page of Podcast Juice. And also, you can follow Podcast Juice on Twitter at Podcast Juice. With that, my name is Michael Dean. We're out of here. Peace.